0: On a windy afternoon in October 2014, I'm driving through Woodstock, Alabama, about 40 minutes southwest of Birmingham, headed to meet John for the first time. To get to his house, rather than use his address, he suggested I navigate by latitude and longitude. And even then, I miss his place the first time past. It's just thick woods all around. From the road, I have no idea there's a house back there. But when I come back by, I notice there's an opening in the trees and a dirt driveway cut through the forest. It takes me deep into the woods, trees arching over it, until finally I reach a clearing with an old wooden house with three chimneys that looks like it hasn't changed since the Civil War. The whole place feels like it's of another time, and it is, literally. John doesn't follow daylight savings, so his property's on a time zone separate from the world around it. The front door of the house opens, and a man comes bounding out of it. John, I'll let people see it. How, how are, are you? you? I found it. Nice to meet you. There's no nice-to-meet-you-back, no how-you-doin', no handshake. John just takes off around the side of the house with a pack of dogs following him.
1: Let's see if we can see Mexican petunias blooming. Come on, pipsqueak.
0: He's a redhead, with red goatee and glasses, looks a bit younger than his 48 years, in ratty jeans and ratty sneakers, and a Sherwin-Williams t-shirt that he probably got for buying a can of paint at the hardware store. Presumably he's giving me a tour, but I'm scrambling to keep up with him. He's naming the plants all around us as we move goldenrod, Russian sage, a climbing Ladybank's rose. There are stone walls everywhere, wildly colored bushes, a giant bed of purple petunias stretching for hundreds of feet. There are apple trees leaning on trellises, tilted at a precise angle to lengthen their stems. There's a sweet smell floating on the breeze the smell of the thorny Eleagnus bush, John tells me. John's 13 dogs are running around freely, and they have a doghouse that is an actual house with two floors and a small swimming pool outside made of stone.
1: You're not afraid to walk about 110
0: feet, are you? Nope. John and I go past his workshop, which I'll later learn is filled with disassembled clocks, as well as the rare machines and tools and chemicals he uses to restore them. We go past a big trailer and two old school buses, one yellow and one blue. They're filled with lumber for John's house that he's aging to get the wood as close as possible to what they used to build the house 200 years ago. We go through a small gated cemetery, where the people who built this place have been buried since the 1880s. Having finished life's duty, one footstone reads, they now sweetly rest. Later, we'll also meet John's mother, Mary Grace McLemore. How do you like down here? I'm sorry? How do you like down here? I'm enjoying myself very much. Sir? Sir? I'm enjoying myself very much. I'm glad. Yes. She's a tiny, brittle-looking woman who, I swear to you, can go a whole conversation without blinking once. She's been on this land her whole life. Forever, seems about right.
1: This is an old area.
0: Yeah?
1: Where we live is real old.
0: How old? (laughs)
1: Since time, I reckon. Rosemary that the winter killed. An old house that looks like Nosferatu.
0: Finally, John and I reach a hill. We come to the crest, and there it is, the maze, stretching out below us. Though he and I have completely different reactions to it.
1: Oh, God, here we go. See the brown from here? Oh, my gosh.
0: John's upset. They've been in a drought for weeks, a D1 drought. He's been monitoring it, and he sees the hedges turning brown. But I'm just in awe. The maze is so cool. The oh my gosh. The of climate change. I mean, you may see climate change, but this is an incredible approach, John. You
1: know, we're going to have to get the damn cutters. I said before y'all came out here, I was going to get out here and do something, but it never happened. I just got miserably depressed and said, I'll screw it. I'm like, I have chills. Chills. I have chills. Look at all the brown bushes over here on this side. I don't even see the brown. There's all these green. This is incredible. We enter the
0: maze, and John rearranges the position of three gates inside.
1: let go ahead and put this one here.
0: To set a new solution. Let's
1: go ahead and move this one off to here. There you go. Now it's all screwed up now. Let's see.
0: John built the maze as a series of splits. One path comes to an end, then it splits left and right. Each of those paths in, then they split left and right. Over and over again, you have to choose which way to go. John and I are walking through, trying to reach the middle.
1: Um, You know, I designed this thing myself, so it was designed by a
0: madman.
1: that's what people tell me.
0: I do feel like I'm walking around in your brain or something. Just imagine when it gets over your head. Saved on John's Computer is a comic. And when I think about it now, I realize it captures his worldview perfectly. It's three drinking glasses with arms and legs and cute little faces, each with the same amount of liquid inside. The first one smiles and says, I'm half full. The next one frowns and says, I'm half empty. The last one throws both arms up and says, I think this is piss. Later, John will take me on a tour of Bibb County, and this worldview will be on full display. He'll rattle off a constant stream of grievances as we go. Historic buildings are being demolished overnight. Dollar generals and Walmarts are popping up in their stead, serving a populace that is getting fatter and more tattooed by the day. Another
1: junkyard.
0: No positive comment, no matter how innocuous, survives his virtuosic negativity. At one point, I mentioned that the landscape around here is really quite pretty.
1: There you go. There's our legacy. Going down the road, lumb- lumber truck.
0: Carting away that pretty landscape, one tree at a time. In the afternoon, it'll start to thunderstorm something John has been saying all day that they desperately need to combat the drought. So that's good, right?
1: We're, we're getting rain, what, about 10 weeks too late. Now, everything's died.
0: I'm glad you're getting something. Everything I say. It's a beautiful butterfly.
1: Yeah, we don't have as many butterflies as we should have this year either. It's something else that disturbs me. It's a
0: comprehensive tour.
1: Off on the right is where I went to high school. I like to call it Auschwitz. Yeah. See the crematorium? See the long, low-killing facility
0: on either end? No, it looks like a high school with like a baseball game going out in front. <laughs> to me, it looks like Auschwitz. Hmm. Before the jaunt around shit town, back inside the maze, John and I have stopped walking for a second. We fit hit dead end after dead end, and now John is craning his neck and scoping out our options. <laughs> he scouts his direction.
1: It is. It's kind of funny to be lost in something you designed yourself, isn't it? Let's see. Oh, no! We're stuck. Hmm.
0: Are you really lost or are you putting it on for me? We're actually
1: lost in our own maze. Isn't that exciting? Oh, 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 I see what I did. Oh, I see what I did. Oh, I see what I did.
0: Evidently, while the various gate combinations create 64 different solutions... There is one combination that leaves you with absolutely no way out.
1: Oh, God. It's possible to set it up where there is no solution, and I accidentally did that. It's like a null set or something? A null set. There you go.
0: I can't tell if John's being straight with me. John seems so smart and in control. It's hard to believe he could accidentally be stumped by his own maze. I could see him engineering this situation to make things more, I don't know, literary? Conjuring this garden path metaphor that he knows I won't be able to resist. I
1: think this one actually gets it. Let's see.